This is Dak Prescott, and you're listening to Faith on the Field Show. Welcome to Faith on the Field Show. I'm Rob Motti. It's great to be with you this week on all of our radio affiliates across the country. And thank you if you're listening to us on the podcast. We are so excited this week to debut on several new great stations, including the Shepherd Orlando, the Shepherd Gainesville, Ocala, KGGR in Dallas, Fort Worth. Welcome to all of our listeners in those audiences. Our special guest this week is Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts. So stay tuned to hear from Jalen, who's had a he had a tremendous breakout season last year, an incredible offseason where he briefly was the highest paid player in NFL history until Lamar Jackson got a bigger contract, slightly bigger, from the Baltimore Ravens. So there's great things happening for Jalen Hurts. He he graduated, got a master's degree in the offseason. So stay tuned. You'll hear from Jalen. But what I wanted to do, and, and Remy's not with me this week because for the first time on all of these new stations, I know a lot of you who are listening to us and have listened to us in the past, you know my story, you know how this show came to be, you you know some of the, the history behind it, but but I thought it'd be great to just go over it a little bit again and, and talk about how we got here, how Faith on the Field came to be a show, one of the, the very unique sports radio shows in the country. So I want to get into that a little bit and discuss how this is how we've been on, I, I believe we've been aired now on up to 16 different radio stations, 12 different sports radio stations across the U.S. So it's really awesome to be able to share my passion, which is sports, and my purpose, which is to tell the world about the work that Jesus has done in my life. So I grew up many years ago in South Philadelphia, which is a part of, in a in an Italian neighborhood. My parents are from the Middle East, but it's an, an Italian neighborhood in, in Philly. I went to Catholic schools for 12 years. I was a very religious person. So I tell people all the time that I was a, a big fan of Christ. Uh, I would go to church and uh, worship for 60 minutes or however long the service was. And then for six days a week, I'd live my life. And uh, as a fan, I kind of, as a fan of Jesus, right, I kind of did my thing. I I made mistakes. I I would go to confession. That's what we called it. I got to start all over again. And that's, that's the, that's what I grew up in. That was the environment that I grew up in. I thought I could earn my way to heaven at some point, that kind of thing. So uh, eventually I went, I went to school. I went to Rutgers University. I got a degree in English. I got a master's at Temple. I had already started working at the AP while I was still getting my master's in journalism. And I became the AP's lead Philadelphia sports writer. And as a, as a young sports writer in the business, I started hanging out with some of the athletes on the teams. And I would go to bars and I would go to clubs. And pretty soon I got caught up in in all of the, the extracurricular activities, I'll call it. When and acting single when I wasn't. Uh, I was newly married at that time. Eventually that led to a divorce and it, it was very difficult for me to to see who I was becoming, that kind of person. And even though I promised myself I'd never be that guy again, that pattern of behavior kind of continued 
for a couple more relationships. And then finally, in 2010, my, I, I was, I broke up, my, my girlfriend at the time, about five years, five and a half years, broke up with me. And I was single for the first time, like really single. And I could do, at this point, I, I was like, wow, th- this is what it, what it feels like. But now I was upset. I was sad. I was, I was lonely. I, I was going through emotions for the first time I hadn't really felt before. And I celebrated, or I guess you could say I drowned my sorrows. But I, I went out for, at one point, 2010, I went out for 36 straight days. And I, I don't smoke. I uh, never smoked in my life. I never did any drugs in my life. I don't even like alcohol. But at that time, I, I had at least one drink for 36 straight days. And, and it wasn't, like I wasn't getting drunk at all at that time. But it was still, that's a lot. And I'm partying, I'm going out, and I'm hooking up, and all all these things. And that was a moment where I, I kind of felt like I, w- I was losing myself. I wasn't the person that God created me to be. And um, he was putting people in my life. The Lord was putting people in my life who were kind of, planting seeds. And as they're planting seeds, I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm developing. A friend of mine named Tim DeMoss, he invited me to his Christian softball league to play on his team. And I would do Bible study with these guys. And it was different than anything I had been used to. And it was different than anything I had previously. The guys are praying and I'm like, wow, we're praying for for victory here. But yeah, we're praying for safety. We're praying for victory. I'm like, I never thought of that. God cares about the, even the tiniest, the littlest details in our lives. To me, it was always like, oh, the big stuff. We're happy, healthy and safe. And let me just, just move on. And, and and that kind of thing. So, and and Tim was the first person introduced me to, to, um, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. You were Saved by grace, not by works. And at the time, I I had never in in twelve years of going to 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 to, to Catholic schools or or thirty plus years ago in the, the churches, I'd never read that verse. I just I never read it. And Timmy introduced me to it. And there were different people. I I, I met a I met a, a woman who who took me to Times Square Church in in New York City, and we went a couple times. Different church than anything I'd ever been used to. And after the the second time going there, I, I wasn't sure I was going to continue. And then I went one more time and it was August 29, 2010. And I heard a testimony from a man who was a drug dealer. He was caught in a bust and, and the cop took the stash of, of drugs, threw it in the sewer, told him he was going to give him the second chance in life. And and that that drug dealer said he, he ran off. He never sold drugs again. He became clean. He turned his life completely around. He entered a life of ministry. And he said for him, that cop was Jesus in disguise, giving him another opportunity. And the pastor said, we all have all opportunities, second chances, third chances, fourth chances, because our, our, our gracious God loves us that much that he wants to get it. You're never too far gone. You're never it's whatever we've done in the past is never unforgivable in the eyes of the Lord if we truly repent. And and it was that day on that moment that I prayed the salvation prayer. I walked down to the front of the church from the bleachers up in, in sitting in the amphitheater at Times Square Church. If anyone out there has been there and you, and you know what I'm talking about, I went down to the front and I invited Jesus into my life. I cried out. I had tears running down my eyes. I I was just, it was, uh, I was a mess on the outside, but that was the moment that I tell people I became a follower of Christ. So up until then, that whole 
30 plus years of my life. I was a follower. I was a fan of Jesus, but I wasn't a follower. I knew who he was. I knew the stories. Uh, I worshiped, but I didn't follow. What's it mean to follow? To try to live like, to try to emulate, to try to spread his love, to grow into a relationship with the Lord. And that completely changed the trajectory of my life. When I went from the periphery of just knowing who Jesus is and worshiping, but trying to follow him, trying to be like him. Try, I started reading the Bible. I started connecting with people who were like-minded, who were now feeding into my life in, in beneficial ways and, and not those kinds of folks who, who were just trying to hang out and party with me and all that stuff. And eventually uh, I met Remy, who that was about four or five months later. It was in December of 2010, and here this moment is in, in August, and, and God's putting these people in my life. And Remy was also early in her walk, and it, it was a, an incredible journey that I, I've been on. And accepting Jesus didn't make me perfect. Inviting him into my life as my Lord and Savior didn't make me perfect. It didn't make all my troubles go away. You all know that if, if you've been through that. But now with Jesus at the center of my life, he became my foundation. I was a new person. So as a new person, old habits, they, they have to, you, they slowly die. Old ways, old everything, old friends. Sometimes you just have to shift on. It took some time, but God was working on me and Jesus was with me every step of the way. And Remy and I, eventually we Within it wasn't even long. Within probably a year or so, we got engaged. Within less than another year, we got married, and then within another six to seven months, Remy became pregnant with our twin daughters, Alexia and Melina. Two incredible blessings. They're about to turn ten in August, so it's been an amazing journey. But it didn't stop there, right? So a fan who became a follower of Jesus, it doesn't stop there. I'm not now, I'm following the Lord, I'm walking with the Lord, Remy's walking with me, we're learning, we're doing all of this together. I had another friend, Billy, he invites me to play on a Christian prison ministry softball team. Now we're going we're going to prisons, we're preaching to inmates, we're sharing the work, we're sharing our testimony, we're sharing about the Lord, and the first time I had that opportunity was in, I believe it was 2013, 14, right around there. I'm in West Virginia. It's a rainy day. I'm about to to share my testimony. I'd never done anything like this before. It's 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 wild. We're, we're out there, and I don't know what to say. I pray to the Holy Spirit, give me the words. And once I shared, and once I saw those inmates, the, the hardened criminals just break down in tears, and they were relating to my experiences, and some of them prayed the salvation prayer with us and and surrendered their life to Christ. That moment when I saw that happen, I tell people that's when I realized my purpose in life was to be a disciple of Christ. So fan follower, now I'm a disciple. Now it's take that mess that I had made, make it a message. All those trials and tribulations, now they're my testimony. And then a couple years later, 2016, we're on another crusade. We're in Ohio. We go to 12 prisons in five days. We play like 25 softball games. I probably spoke at several of those prisons. I saw thousands of men impacted. We're baptizing people with bottles of water on home plate. It's incredible. 
I came home from that so fired up about what Jesus had done in my life that I wanted to go into full-time ministry. I didn't want, I was like, all right, I want my legacy to be touchdowns and home runs and talking and writing about sports. So I tell Remy about it and we had just bought a new house. Our daughters were three and she's like, well, how are you going to support us and how are we going to pay the bills and full-time ministry? So I reached out to Pastor Kyle, a friend of mine at the Connect Church. And at the time we, we had never even met. I, I knew him through some of the Eagles and we met for coffee and Kyle was a former quarterback at Tennessee before Peyton Manning. And he played also at Richmond. And he said to me, Rob, you don't have to quit your job. God blessed you with talents and skills and abilities for a purpose. Take Jesus to your marketplace. And those words right there sparked eventually what I didn't even realize at that point that I had been taking Jesus to my marketplace. I already written two books, baseball faith and football faith, the kind of devotional books. But within a couple of months, I had this idea to launch faith on a field show and interview athletes, talk to them about the importance of their faith, what Jesus had done in their life. And the goal has been to penetrate sports radio stations. So we launched in April, 2017, my, my good friend, Doug Horton, uh, helped me put this together, and and Remy has come on board as a co-host, and Pastor Phil initially was on the show, and Pastor Scott really helps us with everything to do with the website and the, and the podcast version of the show, and and it's been an incredible journey. We we've grown, we've continued to pick up different stations in different markets, and God is so faithful. He who puts a good work in you will see it through. Till completion. And we're not done. We're not stopping. And there's a verse, Matthew 5, 13, that I just want to touch on quickly. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out. And that really hit me hard in my journey is from follower to disciple, because I thought we, as the salt of the earth, our purpose is to season those people around us with the good news of Jesus. What good are we to the kingdom if we keep it to ourselves. So I want to encourage those of you who are listening, especially on the, the news stations for the first time, because it, they are it's a little bit different than our sports radio market. These are Christian stations. I, you may have already that, that background. Don't keep it to yourself. Don't be salt that is useless. Go out and season. Take Jesus to your marketplace. Up next, you're going to hear from Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts. You're listening to Faith on the Field Show. Today, over 40 million people are being forced into trafficking and slavery. One in four are children. We cannot allow them to suffer in silence. We need you. We need everybody. Go to IJM.org backslash take action, get information, understand how you can be involved. Because of the work that you are committing to do, they will be free. Today, over 40 million people are being forced into trafficking and slavery. One in four are children. We cannot allow them to suffer in silence. We need you. We need everybody. Go to IJM.org backslash take action, get information, understand how you can be involved. Because of the work that you are committing to do, they will be free. 
Since 1930, the Heritage family has proudly served the communities of South Jersey. From humble roots, Heritage's dairy stores now operates 33 convenient locations. Their desire is to become your convenience store of choice, not just because of their welcoming atmosphere, but because of their fresh, quality products. Heritage's milk is still the sweetest, coffee's hot and fresh, and Heritage's full-service delis offer the best local ingredients prepared and sliced on-site, far exceeding the competition. Heritage's Dairy Stores. It's not just our name, it's our heritage. This is Derek Henry, and you listen to Faith on the Field Show. Back to Faith on a Field Show. I'm Rob Motti. If you're listening to us for the first time, you can go to faithonafieldshow.com and find every episode since we launched in 2017. We've had an incredible lineup of guests, and you can listen also anytime at your convenience on all of the podcast platforms. You'll hear full interviews on there in case sometimes we cut them a little short for radio. Be sure also to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Faith on the Field and tell a friend or two or as many as you can about the show. If you would like to be a sponsor for Faith on the Field and help our ministry grow, please reach out to us at team at faithonafieldshow.com. We have various packages that we can cater specifically to fit your needs. Our goal is to be on a sports radio station in every state. If you don't have a business but you want to help the ministry, we do have a donate button on our page on faithonafieldshow.com as we are now a nonprofit. Our guest this week, Jalen Hurts, is one of the NFL's top young quarterbacks. Last year, he finished runner-up to Patrick Mahomes for the AP NFL MVP award. Jalen nearly led the Philadelphia Eagles to a Super Bowl victory over Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, but the Chiefs rallied. Mahomes led him to a 38-35 comeback win in a thrilling Super Bowl. I sat down with Jalen recently. Here's that conversation. Rob, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Jalen? I can't complain. I can't complain. Hey, man, congratulations on uh, everything. The contract, graduation, the new deal with Accelerator. Good for you, man. It's been awesome to see. I appreciate that. Tell me this, Jalen. How much time did you allow yourself in this offseason to kind of reflect on all that you've been able to accomplish individually and then as a team? I think there's been true gratitude towards the things that we have been able to accomplish. And that's something that I I do appreciate. And, um, you know, I, I find gratitude in every every experience, you know, because it's all lessons. Um, there, there's always an opportunity to grow. So that's been my mindset. That's been um, the mindset of the team. And it's been a, uh, a, a you know, a growth, uh, growth mindset for us. You know, just, just learning from everything, um, building, um, and, and just, you know, trying to grow and, and, and raise that standard, continue to raise the standard. Have you gone back and watched any of the replays of the Super Bowl, or do you just leave that in the past and already moved on looking forward to 2023? I watch, um, you know, when you, you know, as a quarterback, when you watch different cut-ups, watch – Go go through different things um, when you when you're doing the self eval process. Of course, you run across that. So yes, when you sign the contract that you get at the moment, it was the biggest contract in NFL history. And then one of your coaches, Brian Johnson, who you know so very well for a long time, says Jalen works like a madman. Some guys, Jalen, they get paid and they lose that desire, that energy. 
but nobody has that question about you. We all know that you're, you're self-motivated. What pushes you to be the best that you can be despite all the accolades and the contract and everything else? That in itself, that in itself, uh, everybody, everybody, um, you know, everybody wants to be the best and everybody aspires to be the best and works to be the best. But ultimately you have to find something that separates you. And that's the thrill. Um, there's a thrill in not being satisfied and there's a thrill and um, being on this journey. And uh, I, I've embraced that. And, um, you know, I, I, I love this game and I know, um, I know my purpose within this game and, I truly just uh, want to be intentional, and I've, I've always tried to be intentional, regardless of what it may have looked like, uh, what was said, or whatever it was. So um, every day, I just try to be the best that I can be, you know. And that that is that is not based off of uh, external factors; those things don't matter. You know, you just try and control what you can, keep the main thing the main thing, as always. Where did you learn that work ethic? I'm sure your dad had to be a big part of it. It's, it's definitely something that's nurtured. Um, it's definitely something that's nurtured. You know, I think it's a bit of both, nature and nurture. But um, a lot of it comes from my parents, and then a lot of it comes from being a coach's kid and seeing good habits and bad habits and choosing to pursue good habits. Nick says that you're the most coachable player he's ever been around. I'm guessing being a coach's kid had to help you be that guy, be coachable. Um, why is it so important, especially as a leader, Jalen, to be coachable? Yeah, I think it sets the table. It sets the table for the example you set for your team. You know, there are days where, you know, every everybody, everybody is, everybody deserves to be coached. And, everybody's going to make mistakes and everybody's going to have experiences that are valuable and learning from them later on. So it sets the precedent for what's to come. It sets the precedent of how you respond. It sets the precedent for so many things and ultimately builds a, uh, a, it builds the desired mentality you want um, in the team, you know? So I know my role in that. I embrace my role in that and I embrace, um, I embrace, the the work that it takes to you know do all of those things we hear a lot of coaches and teammates praise your leadership ability I love asking the great quarterbacks this question whether it was Tom Aaron Rodgers other guys how do you Jalen personally define being a great leader what does that look like I think it looks uh, being a great leader looks different for every uh it looks different for different people you know in the end I think that's something you know for whatever reason I've been summoned that but I just try and go out there and set the right example and earn the respect of my peers. That's always been number one. And then um, I think it's crucial that people understand that people lead because their peers let them lead. Just because you're a star player, just because you're uh, the guy or whatever it is, um, that doesn't guarantee that, you know, everyone will follow you. So it's about setting the right example and, um, being true to yourself, being true to yourself and being true to the people around you. When we talk about your game, we think that you still haven't, there's no ceiling for how good you still can be. And despite the success you had, there's still no ceiling. Do you look at areas where have you identified areas where 
you can improve and is trying to avoid or not running perhaps or or not absorbing all those hits, maybe an area that you want to focus on? I think for me, just continue to to, to grow um, and quantify my work. You know, I put a lot of work in. Um, I invest a ton into this and I always have. And um, I just want to continue to quantify my work. That's been something that I've been able to do since I've been in college. Um, so that that's always my goal, you know, find those weaknesses and turn them into your strengths. And then if you do have a strength, boost it and, and make it a make it a touch touch stronger, you know. Jalen, only two teams have lost the Super Bowl and come back and won it the next year: Miami in the seventies and New England a few years back after the Eagles beat them. What is it about this Philadelphia Eagles football team that gives you confidence that you guys can be that third team to come back after losing and winning it all? Yeah, I think for us um, right now, you know, this team, this this team has to find the identity for itself, um, and that's the that's the main goal. This team has to find the identity for itself, and ultimately, if we can um, keep the main thing, the main thing, and just you know. Take advantage of every opportunity we have every day to get better. That 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 that's a win in itself. John, you've been an advocate for women in sports, and I know that it's been talked about. You have an all-female management team, starting with Nicole. How did that become a priority for you? It was something that um, something that you know just kind of organically happened. Um, obviously, for me, everyone has influ- different influential people in their lives, and um, you know, my mother, my grandmother growing up, they, they had heavy roles on who I am. And so seeing how strong they were and seeing who they were, um, that meant a lot to me. So now I'm able to impact that in the in the the business side of football, um and, and women in sports and um one day I'll kinda look back and see how big of a impact it was. I, I kinda don't realize it right now. But um but it's great. It's great. Um, I'm all for, um, you know, giving them their deserved opportunities. Well, as a girl dad, I appreciate that, man. So it, it's cool to see. Uh, you're the newest investor and brand ambassador of A-Shock Energy. Tell me about that decision, Jalen, to join Accelerator and, and why this was a good fit for you. Well, I think, um, you know, Accelerator is a total package and I'm big on health. And I'm I'm not a big energy guy, I must say, energy drink guy, mm-hmm. but it's NFS certified and um, it is the most healthiest option out there for energy drink. So I know there are different people, different situations. Um, guy may wake up in the morning and start his day. Uh, you got people working construction; they rely heavy on that. Um, hard labor jobs, um, you know, different 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 strokes for different folks, but different people, um, you know, utilize those products. And I just think this is the the best option out there. I'm a true believer in it. And um, I think it being NFS certified is really uh, big to me. So, um, yeah. That's great, man. Well, congratulations on that and on everything. Jalen, I just want to ask you one more question. I love the pin tweet on your Instagram. You're kneeling in prayer in the end zone and, and you captioned it with, he who kneels before God can stand before any man. What does that mean to you, man? I know with with God on my side, I can touch the sky, you know, 
It's it's a day by day thing. It's truly a day by day thing, you know. And I, I give all my glory to Him, and that's the that's the that's the that's that's the main thing that I remind myself all the time um, is to keep Him at the center in everything that I do, and um, you know, know that He's always on time. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully the kids can uh, pick up on that one. Well, I appreciate that, man. That's beautiful. Great words. Thank you for your time, and wish you a ton of blessings in, in everything that you do, Jalen. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's it for this week. Thank you to Jalen Hurts. Thank you to Doug, Pastor Scott, and everyone on our team. And thank you for listening to Faith on the Field Show. For Remy, I'm Rob Motti, reminding you, make a difference. Be a blessing. Today, over 40 million people are being forced into trafficking and slavery. One in four are children. We cannot allow them to suffer in silence. We need you. We need everybody. Go to IJM.org backslash take action. Get information. Understand how you can be involved. Because of the work that you are committing to do, they will be free.